Welcome to the Study, Apply, Thrive podcast. I'm Vita Cash, the co-pastor and director of women's ministry at Flow Church. The teaching you're about to hear will help you study and apply the word of God to your life and cause you to thrive. I'm drinking a cup of tea. I hope you are too. So grab your journal and your Bible and let's get to it. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Study Apply Thrive. If I could sing, I would be singing the Rocky music. I said, if I could sing, but obviously I can't. We're in the middle of doing a series about fighting. And let's just jump right into the word. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. And we started this last week. So I'm going to do this part really quickly because I really want to get into the topic for this week. I hope you have your cup of tea. I hope you have your Bible. I hope you have your journal. If you're driving, forget all that. Just listen attentively. Give your attention to what you're doing. Um, The word is going to be good and powerful no matter what activity you're doing. And I encourage you to go back and listen to it over and over again. So in 1 Timothy chapter 6, again, we're talking about fighting. Verse 12 says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. And so here the writer is encouraging us and reminding us that as women of faith, as believers, if you're a guy listening to this as a man of faith, as uh, whatever you've been called to do in business, in your family, if you're a wife, if you're a mom, if you're an entrepreneur, if you serve in ministry, the list can go on and on. No matter what you're called to do, there are some things that you're only going to be able to obtain in life if you're willing to fight. And it's one thing to be born again. It's another thing to be a person of faith. And the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. But sometimes we'll we'll have to fight for what God God said that we can have. And so you have to develop a fighter's mentality that you're not going to leave anything on the table. You're not going to leave any blessing untouched. You're not going to leave any place of authority that God said you could have unutilized. You're going to use everything on the inside of you because God put all good and godly things on the inside of you and he created you to win. You're going to use all of that so that you can fight the good fight of faith so that you can win. And any boxer or any fighter or anybody who's ever even been in a street brawl will tell you the fight was good when you win. And so it says here again, fight the good fight fight. And that reminds us that we have the ability to win against anything that life would put before us, against anything that the enemy would try to plan against us, against any person that the enemy will use. The Bible says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we can condemn it. But here's the thing, you have to be willing to get into the fight. And last week we talked about why you should fight. And so today, Today we're going to talk about not even how to fight. We're not ready to fight yet. We're not, we're not there yet. Just developing the mentality of a fighter. And what you have to have as a fighter is endurance. Everybody say endurance. If you're in your cubicle, say it like this. Endurance. If you're in the car by yourself, say endurance. I know you're like, she's really silly. But look, the word of God is freeing. It's fun. It's meant to be applied in practical ways. It's not some stuffy thing. So you just have to be willing to open up your mouth and say some things. And I'm saying, I am a woman of endurance. I have the ability to endure. So what does endurance have to do with fighting? 
Think about any fight movie that you have ever seen before in your life. It can be Rocky. It can be Karate Kid. It can be Creed. These are not free endorsements of these movies. They're for example purposes only. And you'll notice that in all of their training scenes, it always includes a lot of cardio work. It includes running. It includes jumping rope. It includes a lot of cardio work, chasing chickens and all kind of odd things. But if you've ever seen an actual boxing ring, the average size of a boxing ring is about a 20 by 20 foot square mat that's surrounded by rope. Not a lot of room to run. And I haven't watched a lot of boxing matches, but I've never seen anybody purposely take off running during the middle of a boxing match. If they did, that would become a comedy thing. And they've never taken out a rope in the middle of a boxing match and begin to skip rope. But those are two of the key elements that boxers use to prepare for the fight. Now, why are they doing that? What What is so important about being able to run for miles, about being able to jump rope as fast as you can for as long as you can because boxing takes more than your fists it takes more than your arms it takes more than your legs it takes more than just being able to move around it requires a strong cardio system and it requires a mentality that doesn't get fatigued when your body gets fatigued when your will begins to go down your your mental capacity is still able to stay sharp and so boxing is a full body workout and sport sporting event So is fighting the fight of faith and being able to do everything that God called you to do. Being able to build up endurance doesn't mean that your fight is going to be a long distance fight, but it means that you need to build up something on the inside of you that you wouldn't think that you needed to use in order to fight. With boxing, you don't think about, oh, he has nice strong lungs or, oh, he can um, take in oxygen good and his nasal passages are clear. If you were to ask somebody, what are the tools of fighting? lungs and breathing is something that probably wouldn't make the top of the list. But when it comes to training, those are some of the first things that they train in order to prepare that boxer for the match. And so as you're preparing to fight the fight of faith for your life on last week, if you listened to the podcast and if you did your homework, you made a thing, a list of things in your life that were worth fighting for. And if you look at that list, you may think, you know, let's say bacon cake. I know you're not fighting to bake a cake. Hopefully you're, you you might be fighting to get away from the cake. But let's just use the cake for an example. You may be thinking, well, what are the things that I need to do to be successful at baking a cake? And you would make your grocery list and you would go and you would buy organic butter and unbleached flour and raw sugar because all of you guys are so healthy. You would get fresh vanilla bean instead of vanilla extract and you would get a little dash of uh, sea salt or kosher salt or, you know, your flavoring and all that stuff. And you would get the best, best mixing bowls and mix it with the best mixer and all of those things. But if you haven't paid your electric bill or if you haven't paid your gas bill, there's nothing you can do with that batter that you so meticulously put together. And that's where so many of us lose the fight of faith because we only focus on the things that seem apparent, but never take the time to sit in the presence of God and ask God, what are the behind the scene things that I need to be working on? 
or need to have in place or ask my sister to pray about for me or ask my husband to pray about for me. So while I'm in the kitchen or at the grocery store getting all of the ingredients for the batter together, someone else can be starting this warming up the oven for me or someone else can run the payment for the gas or electric bill. They, well, you're not going to take it actually there. You're going to do it online, but you guys know what I'm saying, you know, because sometimes we forget those things. And so being skillful and learning how to be a skilled fighter of faith, how to fight the good fight of faith means that you have to take some time to sit down before God and think about not just the obvious things that you need to fight, but some of the things that might not be seen. And one of the ways that we get tricked into not being a good fighter is in our very fast paced society, we have lost the uh, the acknowledgement of the importance of how, how, how important it is to just sit down and think. We want to do everything quick. If someone says something to us, we don't want to take time to process it. We want to give a quick answer. We feel like we have to be quick-witted, that it's a sign of our intelligence or a sign of us being witty or a sign of us not being fearful. But sometimes we need to sit down and just think. If you think about the life of Jesus, he would go off into solitude places and just spend time with God. He wasn't hiding. He was going to prepare for the fight. Um, If you think about Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, it says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night. Then thou will make thy way prosperous and then thou will have good success. It says, you know, before you do anything, before you give, before you sow, before you serve, before you pray before you fast. He said, just sit down and meditate. What does meditating mean? It means to think. It means to ponder. And so before you can really develop endurance, you have to know what you need to be able to endure in because you may be studying for a physical task and really what God wants you to do is go get new glasses so you can see what you're reading. You know, it, it might not always be the obvious thing when it comes to a fight. And so in order to endurance, to develop endurance, you first have to know what you're enduring at. Think about that boxer. He's developing his lungs, developing his cardiovascular vascular activity, developing, you know, all the things is going to be behind the scenes working because if he can outlast the, the opponent, if the other opponent might be sharper, he might have a longer arm span and be able to jab a little bit quicker. He might even be a little bit heavier. But if that, that other boxer who isn't as experienced can outlast him by default, he will win the fight if the other guy gets tired. And so you have to be willing to fight and to be able to stay in the fight. You have to be willing to develop endurance and an easy, um, plain definition of endurance is, can you stick with it? Like think about some of the the, the non-spiritual things that you've started and can you simply stick with it? Let's give some examples, what things you can stick with. How many of you at the beginning of January decided that you were going to do some really great things this year? You're going to achieve some good goals and that zest and that excitement about those goals lasted until about January 13th. How many of you start a new diet every Monday or every first of the month? How many of you say, I'm never, ever, ever dealing with that person again. That guy is out of my life. I'm not going back to my cousin's house. I'm never going to the cookout again. I'm never doing that again. And then as soon as they call, you go back to it. 
What stopped you from fighting? What stopped you from being able to endure? Okay, don't get mad at me. I, I know it's it's kind of sticky, but you need to hear that because you have to be able to identify what's stopping you from being able to stick with it. And you have to get so committed mentally that what you're believing God for is worth the fight, that there is absolutely nothing. I mean, nothing, nothing, nothing that will stop you from enduring or stop you from staying with it because you see it as so significant and you absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt that I must win this fight. I must stay in it that as long as I stay with it. As long as I stick to it, that the enemy will not get the victory, that uh, the devil will not win, that I will win if I'm just willing to stay in the fight and if I learn how to endure. Now, let me give you an example of endurance because you may be thinking about endurance is until I feel like it or until this season is over. But anything that's worth fighting for doesn't have a season. It's forever. I'm a mom. I'm going to be a mom forever. I'm, I'm a wife. I'm going to be a wife forever. Even if something happens to my children and, and that will not happen, I'm still going to be their mom. You know, I'm going to be a woman forever. I need to endure. And whatever, you know, happens with being a woman, I can't say, you know what? I changed my mind. Tag out. I'm doing something different. No, I'm going to be that forever. I'm going to be ministering the gospel forever. So, whatever persecution comes with that, for me, it's worth fighting for. For me, my health is worth fighting for. And so even though you wave a Krispy Kreme donut under my nose, is worth fighting for. It's worth me enduring and saying, no, I'm not going to have it. And so the things that you put on your list last week, if those things aren't personal enough to you that you're passionate enough to say it's worth it, then you need to go back and get a new list because each of us has something that's worth fighting for, but you have to begin to identify those things and then develop the endurance or the willingness to stick with it until the end. Stick with it no matter what happens. And this is the kind of stick to itiveness. Can I use that word? This is the kind of stick to itiveness that I want you to have when it comes to being to being a woman of endurance. A woman who's in labor. Once she gets into labor, guess what? She cannot turn back. She has to endure. She has to go through it. She can't say, you know what? Never mind. I changed her mind. I don't want to do this. Once she is in labor, she has to see that labor to the end. If the labor takes three pushes in three hours, if the labor takes 36 hours and 36 pushes or anything in between, she has to stick to it, whether she does it without an epidural or with the epidural. No matter what, she has to stick with it. She doesn't have an out. There is no off-ramp. There is no alternative. Even if she has to go from a natural procedure to a C-section, she still has a change of approach, but the goal is still the same, it's still the same to get that baby out safely. She doesn't have a choice to turn around. Another example that's a little less serious and a little more fun is a person who gets on a roller coaster. Once you're on that roller coaster, there is no turning around. You can't do anything. And if you're like me, I, I like riding roller coasters sometime. Um, and that's not true. I like my children. 
and my children like riding roller coasters and I enjoy doing things with my children. So I ride them with my children. But every time we get on the roller coaster, as soon as they lock that thing around my, my lap, the, the lap band, and it clicks, I go, why did I do this? And then it starts taking off slowly. I go, why did I do this? And then as it's going up that hill slowly, click, 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 click. Um, why did I do this? Why did I do this? Why did I? But no matter how much I kick and fight and no matter how much I say, why did I do this? And how did I get myself into this? And, you know, what was I thinking? And, you know, what, what if my glasses fall off or, you know, whatever. I can't turn around. I'm committed at that point. The, if I raise my hand really politely, the, the person operating the controls is not going to stop and say, oh, wait, that nice lady over there wants to get off. We're going to stop this ride. We're going to send somebody up to get her. That's not happening. At that point, I'm fully committed. I'm locked in. There's no turning back. I have to continue the ride. I have to continue what I finished. And that's the kind of endurance that I want you to have. A lasting endurance, like a woman in labor, like a mother on a roller coaster. You have to be willing to finish and you have to see the fight as the option of stopping. The option of an off-ramp simply does not exist for me because I have to keep going. Anything that's worth fighting for must be worth your endurance, but you have to, again, sit before God and ask him, what areas of my life do I need to develop endurance in? What is the equivalent of my running laps? What's the equivalent of my uh, jumping rope, like the boxer? What, what are those exercises for me? Is it prayer? Am I inconsistent with my prayer? Am I inconsistent with my fasting? Am I inconsistent with my work ethic? Am I inconsistent with just getting up in the morning? Am I inconsistent with, do I need to endure going to bed early so that I can be um, have, have energy in the morning? Do I need to endure being able to tell people no or endure the, temp the lack of temptation to shop? Just because Macy sends me something in the mail doesn't mean I have to answer. It, it's, it, you can let that etiquette go. You know, oh, they, they, they invited me to the, to the sales, so I must go. You can decline that RSVP. You can RSVP no for that particular thing. And so I want you to see yourself as a woman who is in labor or a woman who is on a roller coaster. And once I begin this fight, I will not get off the ramp. I will not stop until I have delivered or until I have completed what I set out to do. Now, are you willing to do that? That's the thing, you know, because sometimes we say, well, I'm going to try it for three months. And if it doesn't work for three months, I'm out. I'm going to try it for three years or, I, or I'm going to try it where if my husband messed up four times, then that's it. We want to counseling. And if he misses one counseling session, then I'm out. I'm going back to my mom's house. No, you have to be willing to endure forever. So we already looked at First Timothy. Now let's look at um, Hebrews chapter 10. Everybody say, I am a person who endures. Okay, Hebrews 10, verse 35. It says, therefore, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done all, so that when you done, when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. So it says endurance is what will get you to the point of receiving the promise. Endurance, the ability to stick to it, the ability to not stop, the ability to keep going. You can't give one time and look for a harvest. You can't pray one time and look for uh, the blessing to show up unless you're praying the prayer of salvation. God, I need you. Need, need, 
God only needs you to pray that one time. He hears you and you're saved right where you are. You know, everything. But for the, the point is that you have to be willing to do some things for a extended period of time. You can't exercise one time and lose 10 pounds. I have tried and I have tried so many times and I said, okay, I can't lose 10 pounds in one exercise session. I'll take two pounds. And I've exercised one time and got back on the scale. I was like, dog, I didn't lose two pounds. I'm going back and getting some more chips. Don't do that. I have to learn how to endure when it comes to those things. You can't apply for one job and say, okay, I didn't get that job and stop. You have to be willing to endure. You have to be willing to endure when you're trying to win over your child or endure when you're trying to win over your husband or endure when you're trying to win over your neighbor or your family member. You have to be willing to stick with it when you're going after the business. Stick with it when you're going after healing. Stick with it when you're going after emotional health and mental health. Stick with it when you're going after financial stability, being debt-free. You have to be willing to stick with it. You have to be willing to endure. And so the Bible talks here in Hebrews 10 about confidence being a great reward, but it also says that you need to endure. You also need to stick with it until you win. Now turn over to Hebrews 12, verse 1. The end of the verse says, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And so he's talking about there being a race set before us. And each of us has a race set before us. When you planted your feet in the kingdom of God, God put a goal and a prize in front of you. We call it our assignment or our calling or what we've been graced or anointed to do. And there are some things that he fully expects for you and I to do. But it says that let us run with patience or run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so here I want to pull out the point about um, pacing, that when you run with patience or run with endurance, that in order to win, you have to be sure that you're going at the right pace. So I've heard of people running marathons and notice I said I've heard of it because I've never done it and I don't believe the Lord is calling me to do it. So I don't think I'll ever do it. I don't think I'll ever do a half marathon either, but I'll happy to be the person holding water on the sidelines, handing it to people. I'll be happy to be the person who's jumping up and down, cheering for the people running past. But I just don't believe in my spirit that God has called me to run a marathon, but that's here nor there. But anyway, you're running a marathon, 26 miles. The key to being able to endure and stick with that race until the very end is pacing. You cannot start out the marathon like a sprint and expect to keep that pace going for the full length of the 26 miles. And someone who's trained in running a marathon, trained in running that long distance race, understands that they have to pace themselves, that they can't get so excited about the goal, so excited about the assignment, so excited about the new season that they're in, that they take off running because what's going to happen after about a mile or a mile and a half of sprinting. And if you can sprint for a mile and a half, God bless you. But after about a mile and a mile and a half of sprinting, they will be totally out of gas and they will have a very difficult time finishing the other 24 and a half miles because they have not learned how to pace themselves. And so it's important that when you're learning to endure, you have to think, I have 26 miles to go. What is the proper pace that I can consistently maintain so that I can get to my goal. Now, I understand that I might speed up and slow down a little bit, and there may be a little variance in my velocity or my speed, but for the most part, if you took an average of what I was doing, I would be going about this fast. And a good marathon runner 
they train for a long time because they have to learn how to endure by having that right pace. So when you're going after whatever thing you put on your list last week, you have to be sure that you have the right pace, that you know that you're going the right speed. So for example, if a relationship with the word of God is something that you thought was worth fighting for, and that is something worth fighting for. And I hope that that's on your list because this word of God is so full of richness and is so true and it has so much hope and so much redemption. It is the best book you will ever read. And it's not a book that you should read, but a book that you should study. And I hope that you saw that as something that was worth fighting for. But if you've never read the word of God, or if you are a very inconsistent reader of the word of God. And the only time you read the word of God is when the pastor says, okay, open up to this scripture. So in order for you to win the race or in order for you to win and fight for a good relationship with the word, you have to know how to pace yourself. So starting tomorrow saying, you know what, I'm going to read a book a day, starting with the minor prophets that's probably not the pace you want to start with. You probably don't want to start out with Isaiah and you don't want to start out with Lamentations. You probably want to go at a little slower pace until you begin to build the capacity to endure more. And so there's nothing wrong with starting out slow. There is nothing wrong with starting with one verse a day or with two verses a day because once you have mastered those two verses, it can never be taken away from you. Now, it may take you a little bit longer than you expected to finish the race. And notice I said longer than what you expected because you're not racing against anyone else. You're only racing against yourself, but it's better to finish the race three or four days longer than you thought you would than to not finish at all and to be stuck at mile five or stuck at mile 10 because you were totally gassed out because you started off too fast. It is very important to understand that a big part of endurance is pacing and you have to be willing to pace yourself. Give yourself grace. Give yourself uh, the permission to take things slowly. You don't have to, this race that you have going on with God, this relationship you have with him is not about getting there fast. It's about getting there right. And God renews his mercies every morning. So even if you feel like I'm 25. I should have done this by now. I'm 35. I should have done this by now. I'm 45. I should have done this by now. I'm 55. I should have done this by now. I'm 65, 75, 85. I should have done this by now. God's mercies are renewed every morning. And God's timetable is not like our timetable. And in Matthew, it says, at least at any time, that you should see with your eyes and hear with your ears and understand with your heart and change that God will come in and he'll heal. So today might be your least at any time. And so it doesn't matter that you might think you're starting two years too late or five years too late. You have to know on the inside of you that God has graced you for such a time as this. And you can start slow and steady, slow and steady, slow and steady. And that will allow you to endure. If you have a goal on your list or not a goal, but something worth fighting for, it's a clean house. Don't, and you haven't cleaned your house in six months. Don't try to do it all in one day. Because you'll get one corner clean and go, ooh, I'm done. And that one corner will be junky again next week and the rest of the house will still be dirty. Start slow. Uh, today, I'm going to clean out this one drawer. 
Okay, I did that. And I'm not going to let this drawer get dirty again. Okay, now tomorrow I'm going to clean out that drawer. And then next week I'm going to do that closet. And then we got the dad, I'm going to do that closet. And it might take you three weeks to get your house clean. But then once it's clean and you've taken the time to do it properly and meticulously, it'll be harder for you to go back because in addition to pacing yourself, you're also developing a habit of working on it every day. And after you develop that habit, you won't be able to go back. So the pacing is doing two things is giving you the ability to endure but it's also training you in this new way of living is training you in this new way of life reading one verse of scripture is training you to open up your bible every day and then when you're ready to read two verses you already have the training you've already mastered the training of one verse and you've already mastered the training of opening up your bible every day then you get to a chapter a day you've been step by step developing the endurance through proper pacing and you can apply that to your health. You can apply it to your marriage. You can apply it to your children. You can apply it to any area of your life. All you need to win in life is a word from God and the willingness to apply it and you will thrive. You can study apply and thrive in every single area of your life and you will win every single time. Okay, for another verse scripture, then we're going to get ready to wrap up for today. Revelations chapter two, verse 19. So, and again, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, know your works, your love and your faith and your servants and patience, endurance and patient endurance and that your latter works will exceed the first. So the Bible is saying here that your latter will be greater than what you did before when you begin to do it with love, with faith, and with patient endurance. When you're able to patiently endure, and what that means again is to have an endurance that is well paced. That patience means that you're not in a rush to get something done. That all of a sudden, oh, I heard a word from God. I'm called to preach. I'm going to go open a church. No, you need to pace yourself. You need to start by studying. The Bible says you need to be a student of the word of God in order to preach the gospel. The Bible says that a man who can't run his house well is not fit to run the household of God. Before you start starting to think about starting a church, make sure your house is in order. You have to pace yourself, pace yourself and keep going. Stick with it with the proper pace of what you have to do. So tonight we talk or today or afternoon. I don't know what time y'all are listening to this, but it's all good. Morning, afternoon, uh, midday. You could be on vacation and don't know what time it is. And that's the best time to listen to the word of God is when you're on vacation. I want you to look at the list that you started last week about the things worth fighting for. And you need to ask yourself a couple of questions this week. One, do I really know the tools that I need to be successful in this? And I want you to be like Joshua and Joshua 1 and 8. Be willing to meditate on the word day and night so that you can observe to do, observe to do so that you can look and see what you need to be doing so that you can make your way prosperous and have good success. Your prayer is, Lord, show me everything that I need to do in order to be successful in this area of my life. Show me every area that I need to develop every skill I need to have, every resource I need, every person I need to talk to, God, show it to me. And if God shows it to me, to you bit by bit, just take notes, like literally take notes in a journal of your, your fighting journal of what you're believing God for. Be willing to maybe once a week, just sit down and think. Just sit down and think. And it's that is it's not being lazy. It's being intentional. Just sit down by yourself with a notebook or a journal and a pen and just sit and say, God, speak to me. Just think. And if you're not hearing hearing anything from God at that moment, open up your word and meditate on the scripture. Just meditate on it. God, what are you saying to me through this particular verse of scripture? 
That's the first thing. Sit, be quiet, know what you need, what tools you need to be able to endure. We're not getting to fighting yet. We're still getting to developing the mentality by having uh, in, by being willing to endure. Number two, I need you to identify all of your tools and what you need to do and begin to pace yourself. What is the pace that you need to have in order to win? You cannot just run a marathon flat out and just, you know, sprint the whole time. You have to be willing to pace yourself. What is the proper pace for you? The proper pace for you and the proper pace for me is not the same thing. We're going to do things differently. You might do something quicker than me. I might do something quicker than you. But remember, we're racing against ourselves, not against anybody else. So the comparison is never to someone else. The comparison is always to who we were yesterday or what God would have us to do. And then lastly, I want you just to decide, are you the person on the roller coaster or are you the woman having a baby? You have to be one or the other because you have to develop the mentality that I don't have the option to give up. This is worth fighting for. I can't give up. I can't let it go. I have to keep going. I do not have the ability to stop and let this go. I'm going to pace myself. I'm going to go slow if I have to. I'm not going to stop moving though. Even if I get down to a turtle's crawl, I will not stop. I'm going to keep going because it's better for me to get there a month later, a year later, three years later than to stop altogether and never get to the finish line because it's worth fighting for. So you are a woman or a man who is able to endure. Do your homework. Sit with those things. Sit, sit with those th- those couple things that I gave you so that you can apply the word to your life and you will begin to see yourself thriving in the area of endurance. Thanks for listening, guys. I love you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Study, Apply, Thrive. I pray that you were blessed by the word of God. For more information about Flow Church, you can visit us online at www.flow-church.org. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you soon.